Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to sign up for our bonus content, including our movie serials, which we're in the thick of the Bridgerton series now, and things are getting spicy. Heating up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this week on the podcast, we are covering The Tender Bar, which came highly recommended by one of our... um, Previous coworkers slash friends. Yes. Um, so, Will, if you're listening, this one's for you. This, one, this is dedicated <laughs> for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I have titled this one, You're Backed Up by the Booby Girls. Yes. <laughs> Although, like, only for a little bit. Just like one drink. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the book was originally published in 2005 and it's written by J.R. Moringer, uh, short for John Joseph Moringer. Um, although if you ask him, it's just J.R. <laughs> well, and it's funny. So on the cover of the book, it's. J dot R J dot R dot or whatever. And so throughout the whole book, it's kind of a theme where he doesn't go. The dots aren't in there. Correct. And then he worked for the times and they made him keep it in there. So I was actually, I was surprised that it, had the dots on I did his, too on I mean author. I'm assuming at some point he just gave in and said okay yeah if I'm gonna be a journalist I need to just go with I guess AP so. style or whatever yeah. it is um so it has a four out of five on Goodreads and my edition of the book was 420 pages yeah it's pretty thick it is it's like it's a thick one dense too yes and obviously it is a memoir yes um forgot to mention that <laughs> so the movie just came out in 2021 um it's an amazon prime original so if you have amazon prime you do get it for free um it's rated r it's a drama and it's an hour and 46 minutes long and it's directed by the one and only george clooney who does not he just gets finer with age he does, he's like a fine wine he but really you know, is you know what i don't think george clooney needs to be directing anything <laughs> yeah i don't know if this is like his directorial debut um, it's not he's done a couple things okay because this, this was not it <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like this was like this was a hard one to probably try to put to piece together yeah. So I don't know. Well, and like we've said this on other episodes, right? Like if you're going to give me a shorter movie, like you could have given me a full two hours and like yeah. put some more content. Yeah. But for we'll real. get into all of that. <laughs> uh, so the IMDb synopsis reads, a boy growing up on Long Island seeks out father figures among the patrons at his uncle's bar. I have an issue with this um, synopsis because yeah. one, it's not his uncle's bar. Right. And two. Um, that's but in the movie, you don't really know that. True. That is a good point. Um, and I feel like he doesn't just seek out father figures in the bar. Like, I feel like throughout his entire life, he's just been trying to find someone True. to and, belong to. And realistically, that happens in the book. I do feel yeah. like we get to know the patrons of the bar a lot more in the book. Correct. And we see him, you know, connect with them throughout the book. I didn't feel like he connected with any of the bar people. We barely <laughs> got anybody really else yeah. besides Uncle Charlie um, in the bar. So maybe the IMDb synopsis is about the book. <laughs> It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, So some interesting facts. Uh, As we mentioned, uh, J.R. Moringer is an American novelist and journalist. Um, He was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize in feature writing in 1998, um, but he did not win. However, he did win in 2000. So he got nominated again, which I was like, I mean, it's one thing to get nominated once. Yeah. To get nominated twice for a Pulitzer Prize. Like, that's impressive. 
Well, is it, is it for different works? Uh, for different uh, articles. So the one in 98 was an article named Resurrecting the Champ, um, which I'll get to. There's uh, more to that one. And then in 2000 for his article called Crossing Over. So both for feature writing, but um, I guess yeah. the second one stuck a little bit more. Who knows? Um, so this is a little bit different from the movie. Uh, in the book, we uh, learned that the name of the bar is Dickens. However, yes. it does not remain Dickens throughout the book. Correct. So at one point, it does change to the name publicans which is another word for a bartender um and then it, it did eventually get changed to edison's ale house mm-hmm. um, which was just called edison's and then um once that uh closed down the new owners did open it back up and rename it back to publicans okay so current state is it still open it is still open oh, wow. i saw some photos of like the comparison between the one in the movie and like the one in the book or like the real one is much more kind of low key if you will I need to look this up um so yeah it is still uh open and it is it does go by the name of publicans so it was um only dickens for so long but in the movie it's only referred to as dickens at new york yep um, so as I mentioned, he is a, uh, journalist. So in 1990, he moved to Breckenridge, Colorado, which we do get in the end of the book, whereas the movie is a little different in the way that it ends. The um, even looks good here. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like looking, it's very like, it's one of those we'll have to visit if, and when we go to New York. Yeah, for real. Well, and it, it doesn't, it looks like, obviously it looks like they gutted it basically. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like the dingy bar that yeah. we read about, you know? Yeah, for so. sure. Um, so in 94, he became a reporter for the Orange County Bureau of the Los Angeles Times. In 1997, um, the Times sent him to Atlanta to report uh, on the South as the on-scene reporter. Um, and then eventually his work took him to Denver, Colorado. So he is technically still writing and, um, you know, doing journalistic things. Uh, one interesting fact. So I don't know if you read the afterword um, uh, in the book. I read the epilogue. No, so there was a, a new, in my version at oh. least, there was a new afterword, which is basically so. like him as an author writing like, you know, after I wrote this book, this happened. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't um, So he mentions a well-known retired tennis star who reached out to him after he put out his um, mm-hmm. memoir asking if he would help to write his memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, tennis star was Andre Agassi. Oh, wow. Um, so he actually helped him write his memoir um, called Open, an Autobiography, which was published in 2009. He also, uh, JR, uh, wrote, uh, so as I mentioned, the one that got nominated for 1998 Pulitzer Prize was um, Resurrecting the Champ, which actually ended up being adapted to a movie mm-hmm. starring Samuel L. Jackson, Josh Hartnett, and Alan Alda. Um, never Josh seen it. Hartnett. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has uh, ghost wrote Shoe Dog, which is the memoir for Phil Knight, who's the co-founder yeah. of Nike. And last but not least, I thought this was so cool. Prince Harry has asked oh. him to help him ghost write his memoir, which is supposed to come out at some point this year. I need to read that. I bet that'd be fascinating. Which I'm like, that is just, that's so cool that like, Mm-hmm. Enough people thought this memoir, your memoir, like was so good and so well written yeah. that like they've now reached out to him to say, hey, can you help me? Well, with and real, I mean, the memoir that he wrote, I mean, he's a I don't want to say he's a generic guy, but like he's kind of just a normal guy. Yeah. Like he didn't go off. I mean, granted, he ended up winning awards and whatnot, but like he's just kind of a normal he guy. He doesn't have like an extraordinary story necessarily right. where like, you, you know, he beat the odds of this, this and that. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's a very regular, to your point, regular guy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, 
That's cool. Yeah, we'll get into it. Like a lot happens in his life, but yeah. nothing that's like so outrageous that you, you know. Well, it's not like he becomes like a super celebrity right. or anything yeah. either. So oh. yeah, thought those those were interesting facts. <laughs> um, well, according to Rotten Tomatoes, no one liked this movie, and I'm one of them. <laughs> the movie sucks. Um, but it has a 51 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It did have a 10 million dollar budget, um, but since it is an Amazon Prime, it doesn't have any box office. Um, not really too many fun facts. Um, most of them are around Ben Affleck because he's in this movie, obviously. Um, but in a, ver- I'm sorry, fun facts and Ben Affleck don't go together. I know, I know. In a, in a uh, variety interview, Ben Affleck said that he wanted to make this movie because he he said, "I think the world is tough and ugly, a tough and ugly place, particularly now. So I feel good injecting this movie onto the world." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like that's just him taking just his life too seriously. My my point here that he is a strange strange man and he should stop acting forever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think what would they So this is the second time Ben Affleck and George Clooney have worked together. They worked together on the movie Argo, which mm. was a huge success. Which I actually like that movie. Huge success and then they also like won I think some Academy Awards for mm. it. So um so yeah, so I think they just thought, you know, Maybe lightning can strike twice, but it did not. not. (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the cast. So I went with, there's like three JRs. I Mm -hmm. went with um, the older one. Yeah. (laughs) So the one we get most. Yes. um, Played by Ty Sheridan. Um, We know him from Ready Player One. Yes. Um, He is also in X-Men and he is supposedly going to be in Ready Player Two that is coming out. When, when we don't know we don't know i still need to read that one though well don't read it because eventually we'll i know but like i just okay i know it's so good <laughs> it's so good i'm i want that was one of probably one of my favorite books that we've read yeah. like it's at the top because it's just so so easter eggy and i just loved yeah. it um so yeah so i'm hope I, he's not like my favorite actor like i think he just looks weird there's something about him that just Interesting. bugs me and i wouldn't have pegged him for this role i don't know he, i thought he was fine um uh, yeah, I don't I know. I didn't love him in Ready Player One either. Like, I guess he needed to be that, like, dorky kid yeah. in Ready Player well, One. Well, he looks, but... like, much, obviously, much older in this one, um, which will be interesting because I don't know what the time difference is between Ready Player yeah. One and Ready Player Two. If they're going to try to, like, age him down, that yeah. might not work. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's his nose. There's something about his nose that just I can't get past. Interesting. I don't okay. know what, but... <laughs> whatever um uncle charlie who is jr's uncle in this movie is played by ben affleck the whole time i not when i was reading maybe when i was reading it for some reason i thought ben affleck was gonna be playing jr i did too because he's the main character so i thought that that's what it was gonna be but it wasn't so not at all (laughs) um so we all know the the movies ben affleck has been in um but he is gonna be in the new upcoming flash movie that is coming out in the dc world um because he is still Batman and still the Batman. No one wants. Why? Why does anyone think that he is a good superhero of any kind or really any should be at all like near superhero movies? Like like I said, you should not act whatsoever, but well, and here's the bad part about now. So in this world of my nerds going to show real quick. So right now where DC is at with the um, justice league, Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck is the Batman in justice league. So they have to like go with that. Mm -hmm. But then now they have this other arm with Robert Pattinson, who's a great Batman. So now they have like two Batmans and it's not working in my life. I've never really understood the, I've never understood Batman like in general, like the whole DC versus 
Justice League versus like well there isn't too much it's just like a different it's just DC being messy it's one thing for me (laughs) you know how I am I get really angry with all these especially the Marvel universe because there's just too much going on but at least there for the most part you kind of keep everybody you know in line whereas like with yeah. batman and just like i'm i just i, know. I don't know either way um he's a snooze fest he's he's a bore yes he i terrible. didn't love him in this i well and a big difference between um character in the movie and character in the book not character but the person mm-hmm. in the book um uncle charlie actually has alopecia mm-hmm. um in real life uh yeah. so that is not at all no. what we get out of ben affleck so i thought yeah. that was kind of a miss and kind of like misrepresented i feel like yeah. like you're playing a real human um, yeah. who clearly had, you know, struggled with something that, you know, yeah. not everybody struggles with. Like you could have at least tried yeah. to make him look like he, nope. you know, had, had yeah, right. I don't know. I just no. thought it was weird. He would not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to hear more about Ben Affleck, check out our episode of Gone Girl. <laughs> mm. I'm pretty sure I, I bash him in that one too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, moving on to RJ's mom is played by Lily Rabe. I think mm-hmm. you pronounce her name. Um, she was actually in the most recent uh, series of American Horror Story. She's one. She's of the, in quite a few of them. Yeah, actually. she was the ma- one of the main characters in this le- most recent one. Um, and then she was also in the series The Undoing on HBO, which we talked about last um episode as well. I really like her. I think she's great. I actually, of all of the characters in this movie, I thought she kind of nailed it the best. Yeah, I got like that kind of you know like struggling mom like super overprotective and loving of his mm-hmm. of her do- of her son and like the accent was just on point i yeah. felt like yeah her. i thought she was great yeah i will talk about her character throughout the the movie but because they changed quite a bit about her yeah. as well but yeah i really liked her all right moving on to rj's grandpa um played randomly by christopher lloyd because why not because why not obviously he's the guy from back to the future um he has eight upcoming projects which is crazy to me one that stuck out though is titled spirit halloween and i was like huh i was like let me go read the synopsis in the store the synopsis (laughs) of this movie is when a halloween store opens in a deserted strip mall three friends thinking they've outgrown trick-or-treating decide to spend the night locked inside but their night of spook-filled fun soon turns into outlandish survival okay you know me i don't do scary movies i will see that movie that sounds so awesome. fun and it's that so funny so cool. because i mean every year it's like oh there's an abandoned strip mall right. but a spirit like, halloween who doesn't know about up. spirit halloween <laughs> low-key i kind of want to work at spirit halloween this i think you should i don't think i have anything any trips in october I so think you totally should and you get like a 40 percent discount yeah so <laughs> anyways <laughs> all right lastly you just have to talk about the narrator of this movie um it's technically jr is the narrator mm-hmm. um but they've decided to use the voice of ron livingston um, he's the guy from Office Space. He's in A Million Little Things, the TV series that I tried to watch, but <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Um, but funny enough, though, he actually went to to Yale as well, just as Jr. did. Yeah. Um, but they graduated three years apart. Interesting. So what a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Time for who said it. Uh, your first quote is proximity means closeness. For instance, I have too much proximity to my family. Is that JR? No, it's grandpa. Oh. Because <laughs> grandpa hates his family. He hates them. <laughs> like even more so in the in the book. I actually yeah. I, we probably aren't gonna talk about this much, but like the amount of like disrespect grandpa has for grandma in oh, the yeah. book was like disgusting. What does he call her? Uh stupid woman. Stupid woman, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't get that in the movie. Um, okay, your next quote is I'm so tired. Tired of worrying and struggling and being so, so alone. 
mom yeah so sad <laughs> all right last but not least i don't know mom ends up going to live her best life in arizona in the book in the book <laughs> we don't get any of that in the movie right. um okay last one reads uh why would a man with all his money go to the trouble of legally changing his name to something so silly what would possess a man to do such a thing jr mm. sydney charlie uncle charlie, charlie. yeah it's yeah, actually it talking to jr after well and this is only in the mm -hmm. book but after he actually decides that he wants to change his name legally yeah. he's like talking to uncle charlie he's like that's a stupid idea why would anybody do that and he's like <laughs> oh well i almost did yeah so. <laughs> all right your options for f mary kill are jr charlie and mom i gotta kill charlie charlie kind of sucks <laughs> He's an enabler, you know, mm -hmm. and he does. He still lives at his parents' house. Fair. Um, I will. I will marry mom just because she, at least she tries. She's very loving. She is very loving. And she does whatever she has to do for her family um, to an extent. <laughs> um, and then I'll go have a drink with Jr. Okay. Can I kill them all? Because they're all chain smokers. I, I can't do chain it's smokers. Gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> But no, no, you cannot. Um, okay, then I'll pick what you picked. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the movie. Um, like we said, the book is very long, and it like goes into huge detail about mm. his life. We get, we get him from like what, like really, really young yeah. to like him being an adult, and, and way past what the movie gives you, right? So, but the movie drives or the movie starts off with a car driving down the road full of stuff um, with a young kid in the passenger seat, like with his mom. Um, I also need to preface this is that um, I watched this movie. Um, I was pretty tipsy <laughs> because we had just been at the pool all day. Mm. So then I came home and then I was, I had, I was like, well, I need to like have a beer while I'm watching this movie. Cause it's all about a bar. <laughs> sure. So. You know, we'll see what I actually remember. Great. Okay. <laughs> the movie. I felt like I could get more into it, but then I think I just zoned out more than anything. Fair enough. Um, but anyways, so we do get this kind of scene in the in the book as well where um JR ends up seeing like the softball game. And I feel <laughs> I feel like this was like way more like our parents' generation of like go I, I know it still happens but these like beer softball leagues mm -hmm. where it's like oh the bar down the street put together a team yeah. and they're just gonna drink the whole time yeah like i think that you know people still do it but it's like more competitive now well and i think like people just make their own leagues but still you know bring beer right. and stuff <laughs> the book actually opens with like a little bit of a history of the bar itself mm -hmm. um and one main thing that we learned which we talked about a little bit was there was actually an owner by the name of Steve of mm -hmm. the bar. So in the yeah. movie, it's very inconspicuous. Like it's very, you're not sure if uncle Charlie owns the bar or if he just happens to work there. Cause he's literally there yeah. all the time. Well, and I'm like so upset that they didn't have a Steve in the, mm -hmm. in the movie because like all of these guys just loved one of the reasons they love the bar so much is because of Steve. Yeah. Because Steve took care of them so much and they basically he like, he had nicknames for all of yeah, them. And he, like, he's what like made these, like gave these guys character. Yeah. He gave them all nicknames. Half the time he didn't make them pay. Yeah. Um, but he like really looked after them, you know, like, yes, they're all sitting there drunk, but at least like he still took care of them. Right. And I don't understand why there was no yeah. Steve in the movie. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like you take away the character. I feel like of the bar yeah. itself by taking away Steve. Well, and even towards the end of the book, like there's this, you know, where Steve is doing so great. And then you kind of see him trying to expand the bar and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of like the downfall of the bar and how it kind of dissolves. 
And then, like, you just don't get any of it. Yeah. So, anyway. And then he dies, which is sad. Yeah, and then he dies. <laughs> anyway. We, we're jumping way uh, ahead. I know. I know. So, anyways, um, we find out that JR and his mom are now going to live back with his grandpa. And it's not just his grandpa and grandma. It's grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles. There's, like, a full house. Lots of cousins. <laughs> the house in the movie is actually way nicer than what I was picturing in the book because in yeah. the book they like make it seem like it's this little tiny like broken down shack yeah this just looks like a house full of people well same with the bar too yeah <laughs> yeah you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the house in i was expecting i guess a little bit more of like from sh- the movie or the show shameless like mm. that was really run down yeah. you know so. <laughs> um anyway so we find out that it's 1973 um when this is all happening and we also then at this point get introduced to uncle charlie and Uncle Charlie is like JR's, I don't know if it's his idol. It's like he loves his Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Pretty much. Anything Uncle Charlie says, he's totally there for. Well, and Charlie just like tries to impart wisdom on him. And it's not necessarily always good wisdom. Yes. But. So we find out, like, they obviously go into way more depth in the book about this. But we find out that JR's dad is actually a very popular radio show host mm-hmm. and he just knows his dad as the voice <laughs> and it's not even like his radio i, mean, I want to know what his dad's radio name was like because i'm sure back in the day didn't they say wasn't it johnny stevens in the book i thought that's what they said his- oh johnny michaels johnny michaels yeah oh i didn't know if he had any like really cool like radio no i think name. it was johnny michaels because i mean his real name is john joseph yeah that's Moringer, sure i guess so. um the so- senior <laughs> yeah so they they showed a little bit in the movie about how like jr sits there and like listens to to him on the radio but they like in the book he listens to him way more like yeah. he even talks to him <laughs> yeah there's like a minor scene where he tries to talk to the, the to the voice in the movie but yeah he like spends a good chunk of his time like trying to connect with his dad through this random radio yeah and and uncle charlie you know tells tells jr like He's like teaching him how to play cards or whatever. And he's like, you know, I'll never lie to you, you know, and that he'll, he'll never lie to him about sports or his father. And we can, we find out very quickly that Charlie does not like the voice. Not most people don't seem to like the voice. Right. So the movie does this like kind of weird, like back and forth for a while where it's like flashbacks and then like flashes to like, or jr on this train and i'm like there was no point of those flash forwards (laughs) like zero point well and i thought it was leading to something and it didn't right like because at one point we get kind of a a thing about his mom and i thought maybe this is going to be like post mom but mom stays yeah like i don't yeah because the movie flashes forward and he's just on a train and we see this priest come and sit down next to him which he does have a conversation in the book with a priest but like not at this point like it's just weird because then immediately it flashes back to where we were um and and uncle charlie's like is quote-unquote sick or whatever but we find out very quickly that he's hung over (laughs) and so jr's obviously like asking questions on why he's so sick (laughs) um the next thing we get this does happen in the book as well but this is like it makes it seem like in the book that this or sorry it makes it seem like in the movie that this happens more recently or not more recently, but like it's more normal because it's like JR's dad calls Mm. and it's not like this big, huge thing. Like in the book, it's like, he hasn't talked to his dad. Oh, the fact that he called in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the movie, it's just kind of like not a big deal that his dad called and invited him to go see the Mets. Right. 
and which he ends up totally bailing on him and he doesn't actually take him to go see the Mets game. But yeah, it just was really weird how in the movie it just was like kind of nonchalant. Well, there's lots, lots wrong with this movie. <laughs> I know, let's I know. Be um, so, anyways, we flash forward again. We're back on the train with adult Jr. and he's like telling the priests about his interview with Yale, and then we flash right back, which I'm like <laughs> again, like it's so weird. So, anyways, find out his dad never showed up to take him to the game. Um, he says that his dad actually got arrested while he was on air for not paying child support, um, and then threatened to apparently steal. JR. Right. Like kidnap him. So one thing that they don't really talk about in the movie um, is because of all of this with his dad or whatever, JR wants to end up, wants to be a lawyer. So eventually he can sue his dad for all the child support. (laughs) And it becomes kind of a pretty big theme in the movie and like a driving force to him doing so well in school. Right. Or whatever. And it's not touched in the movie for whatever reason. Well, he, they they harp more on the fact that he wants to be a writer in the movie yeah. than anything else. Right. So, so anyways, we finally get introduced to the bar, which is called Dickens in the movie the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like so confused on why they just chose because for the most of the entire book, it's it's publicans. Yep. So why wouldn't they just choose publicans? Correct. I think they were still trying to play on the like whole Charles Dickens thing and like because he's a reader and da 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 like they stuck to that. I don't know. So anyways, we see Jr. very young at the bar. (laughs) Uncle Charlie's trying to teach him bar etiquette, Um, (laughs) which is funny because I'm currently taking Aaliyah to the gym and I'm trying to teach her gym etiquette. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) totally different than bar etiquette. Very true. But I'm like, hey, don't do this. Don't be that person, (laughs) you know. Um, But anyways, we find out that Uncle Charlie is a bartender there, um, and he's there pretty much all the time. And this is where he gets, quote-unquote, introduced to books. And there's all these books all over the bar, and he, like, hands them these books. And I'm like, that is that is not what happened. (laughs) Like, and he's like, this is where I wanted to become a writer. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Like, I just can't fathom writing a memoir and then seeing it be totally like, well, and like, I don't know how involved the real JR was in the making of this movie, but like, at what point did you give like the sign off of like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, (laughs) this is my story. It's not what happened. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there was never, he didn't like read books in the bar. No. Like at all, you know, like basically he mostly just spent time people watching the other patrons of the bar and like writing down the like ridiculous things that they would say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he ends up getting, he does read a few books, but like they're cause he like found him at home or something yeah. and it was like two books or yeah. something, whatever. We find out that his, that his mom, you know, really wants him to either go to Harvard or Yale and to become a lawyer. So we do find out like his mom has this pipe dream, but like really it was jr's dream for a very long time as Mm -hmm. well so again not sure why they changed it but anyways randomly jr's dad ends up actually showing up and taking him out they like drive around the block yeah and then he takes him right home and then uncle charlie beats him up (laughs) like no (laughs) well this does happen in the book he does randomly show up but he actually takes him somewhere he like takes him to some guy's house and like leaves him basically yeah. on his own while he plays I think poker or something with like mm-hmm. the guy at the at the house. So like he takes him to quote unquote like hang out with him and then just you know abandons right. him at this random house. Right. Why not just put that in there? I don't know. That, well not the trip around the block. Like <laughs> I don't know. So stupid. Um anyways, 
We then find out they do mention in the movie that Jr. Um, doesn't want to be known as Junior because Junior means he's associated with his dad. And he mm-hmm. doesn't want anything to do with his dad. Um, so he ends up getting in trouble in school for not like saying what his actual name stands for. So like it comes up quite a bit in the in the book a lot, but I don't remember him getting in trouble in school for it. No, well, no, he does go to a psychologist similar to like what happens at, at mm-hmm. school in the movie, um, but. I don't think he actually gets in trouble, but we also don't get the fact that like he almost goes to the point, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. where he goes to like officially change, change his, his name, name legally. Um, he doesn't actually go through with it. Yeah. Um, so, but to your point, it's much more of a pain point for him. I feel like in the book to actually separate yeah. himself from his dad. Yeah. So the next thing we get though, is Charlie's writing up a paper about his family. I'm like, no, he didn't do that. He did do that. He did. Yeah. Yeah, and he called it the Family Gazette or whatever. That's in the book. Really? Mm-hmm. I totally don't remember that part. <laughs> yeah. And like gave it to his family? Yeah, yeah. and they all critiqued him. <laughs> I totally don't remember yeah. that. Like I said, this book is dense. <laughs> is. There's it's a lot dense. going on. Um, but anyway, so after that, uh, Uncle Charlie ends up giving him even more books because he's seen, you know, this kid actually has a noggin on him. <laughs> so now we flash forward once again, and he's talking to the priest um, about... Yale and his mom and whatnot. And then we flash back (laughs) again. One thing I want to mention, because there's really no good time to talk about this. Um, He actually forms a really close relationship with one of his cousins named McGraw. Mm -hmm. And like, they become almost like brothers to each other, which again, we get none of this. We don't, we like don't even barely see any of the cousins. I think they like come and go, but like, that's about it, which like is kind of a miss because it's like, you're led to believe that in this giant, in this house where there's a bunch of people, he's essentially all by himself, which is right. not the case. Like no. he hangs out with McGraw. He even like, um, you know, has kind of a relationship with one of his um, girl cousins. I think mm-hmm. her name's Cheryl or something. Like, yeah, she like, none of that, like a mom figure yeah, to him. None of that is in this movie. Right. Well, and I guess again, no time like the present to talk about it, but so McGraw and his, and his family end up, like they kind of come in and out of grandpa's as well. And mm-hmm. at one point they moved to Arizona. Right. So then Jr. and his mom moved to Arizona. Yep. And it's this whole, it's a pretty big chunk of the book about, you know, him and it's, you know, us being in Arizona is kind of yeah. cool because they talk about different landmarks here, but like it talks about how then he comes back for the summers and his mom ends up staying in, in Arizona. So So he essentially lives with his grandparents while his mom is out in Arizona. Like she meets a new guy. Like we don't get any of this. Mm -hmm. None. And, and what I thought was like really crappy about it is because I thought it was so important because when him and his mom moved to Arizona, she sends him back during the summers and that's where he ends up spending. He spends the whole summer at the bar right. and with the guys at the bar right. and, learn. and they do. And, run, he, yeah. and he almost like, I don't want to say becomes a man, but like, that's how he like grows up totally. at this bar. And it's not in the movie at no. all. And it I literally, was like, what the heck? Movie was like young Jr. And then immediately to like Yale Jr. Right. We missed all of like his teen years of like, again, learning about all these random characters at the bar and really like mm. finding himself through these, these guys yeah. basically, because that's the whole point of this, right? He doesn't have a father figure. Right. So he's trying to search for one. And it's not just Charlie, yeah. unfortunately, which well, is what we get. And we even get this funny story about how he goes on this date with this girl in Arizona and like takes her up this mountain. He takes her <laughs> up to Camelback. Yeah. And I was like, 
that's not a casual hike. <laughs> that well, also, is... like, they drive up to a certain point. I'm right. like, did... Were you allowed to drive up hill I mean, back at a certain point? I mean, in the 80s, maybe. Maybe. But anyways, and, like, he ends up losing his virginity, too, and it's this really funny story because he's so upset because it ends up being, like, this big, like, comedy because he doesn't know what to do right. because he doesn't have a father. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I just thought it was such a miss. Totally. That they didn't have anything in there. Anyways, so at this point in the movie, which actually I think is like one of the first interactions we get of him in the bar in Mm -hmm. the book is he goes to the bar to get cigarettes for his grandpa. And that's where the guys all like first notice him. And they're like, you know, what are you doing here, kid or whatever? And he like ends up buying one of the guys named Bobo, um, a beer. And they're like, okay, you're backed up by the kid. And I was like, I don't think he buists him a beer in the book. I can't remember. But like, I mean, Bobo exists in the book. book. But that's what I'm saying is like, we, gosh, it just like makes me so mad because it's one of the, one of my favorite parts of the book is all these different characters that we meet. And, you know, we both listen to it and it's kind of fun to listen to because the guy does a very good job of making the voices all sound different. Yeah, like one of the guys is supposed to sound like Smokey the Bear and he like totally does. Oh, Yogi the Bear, excuse me. And he totally sounds like him. And like, and one of them is called Ephem Babe and like he just like mumbles and it's so (laughs) funny the way the the narrator does it. But yeah, we don't get that in the movie. Um, So anyways, he's now at school and he's probably what, like third, fourth grade and they have to make invites because they're doing like a father-son breakfast. Um, And of course he's all upset because his, you know, doesn't have a dad to take. So his grandpa actually pulls himself together and takes him and he does really great. Mm -hmm. But like, I felt like, again, we missed that like whole part because in the book it's like grandpa becomes a totally different person. And we even get to see him interact with people at this breakfast in the book. Yeah. I mean, they make minor mention of it at the end when they're back home and he's like, you know, like don't tell anyone that I was like, you know, a good human because more people are going to expect that from me. But yeah, we don't get the actual interaction of him Mm -hmm. speaking to any of his teachers or anything. Yeah. Um, And then we get a brief mention, you know, that mom had a tumor, um, but they got it all out. But like, that was again, a pretty big part of the book. And he was like, you know, scary moment Mm -hmm. for him, but they kind of just brushed it over in the movie um mom also almost dies in a car accident too which we yeah, don't get that either a really it, bad when, one when she was in arizona um so now we're at the bar again and the guys are this this reminds me of wordle this is like probably the mm-hmm, 80s version mm-hmm. of of wordle um there's a game in the newspaper called the wordy gurdy um <laughs> that jr ends up being really good at this does happen in the book but i think they're at the beach when they yeah. when they realize how good a jr is is at it but um but I was like, at least they put it in there or whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, but I was bummed because like, like I said before, all these trips back to, back to New York during the summer is they all went to the beach every day. And like, this is where like the yeah. guys got to like get to know him and like yeah, he they became the, one of the guys. They spent the nights in the bar and the days on the beach, basically. <sighs> Sounds like a dream. <laughs> um, anyway, so now we're flash forwarding again and Jay, but not as far because now JR is <laughs> randomly applying to Yale. Um, and like, then he just like gets in and that's it. Yep. And I'm like, what? And like Charlie opens the letter and he's like, okay, cool. You got in, which he, uncle Charlie doesn't open the letter. No, in the he, book. he opens it himself. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was such like a, like, like such a big part of the book is him working to get to Yale. 
And it's like, oh, okay, and now you're in, kid. Yep, congratulations. Like, like anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like to your point earlier about, you know, these trips to the um, beach and stuff like that, one random day, that character, that guy Bobo that we talked about, he actually goes and picks JR up to mm-hmm. go to the beach and they uh, um, they get into a car accident. Mm-hmm. And like his mom had told him like, yeah, you're going on these, you know, summer vacations, but like don't hang out with your uncle's friends yeah. because like they're, you know, bad influences. And of course he doesn't listen to him at all yeah. uh, or to, to her at all. Um, and yeah, so like he very much has become essentially like all of their kids. Yeah, exactly. All of their kids. All of their, 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 them, their kids, them, their kids. (laughs) But yeah, he just like gets into the Yale really, really quickly. Like Rory Gilmore had to work seven seasons to get into (laughs) Yale, but it's fine. (laughs) Anyways, I guess the moral of the story is he got it. He got in and he gets all of his financial aid paid for. Must be nice. Um, so anyways, uncle Charlie ends up driving him to Yale. Um, and, and and at this point, I think his mom even drops him off or he says she says goodbye. But at this point, she's still in Arizona as mm-hmm. well in the book. Um, but then we see Jr's you know, roommates right away asking him, like, what does Jr stand for? Blah, blah, blah. And he actually tells them mm-hmm. what it stands for. And like in the book, he keeps that so close to his chest. Like he I think Steve. The bar owner knows mm-hmm. that it means junior. Obviously, Uncle Charlie knows or whatever. But he doesn't, like, openly tell anybody no. like he did in the movie. No. Um, we find out that, you know, Western Lit um, is a really tough class, <laughs> which it is. I remember it in college. We oh, went, really? We went and took it at the community college down mm-hmm. the road because it was way easier than taking it at the university. Um, what One thing we don't that doesn't get mentioned in the movie is when he gets to Yale, he takes, like, an accelerated course. Or, like, these really tough courses right at the beginning. That's what I assumed this class was. I think it is. But, like, unless you read the book, I don't think you realize true. that, like, he would, like, tried to, like, overextend himself. Yeah, true. That's a so. good point. <laughs> um, another thing, again, never a mm-hmm. good time to mention it because none of this is in the book. But, like, um, I feel like the movie really, like, focused in on the fact that him and his mom's relationship was, like, really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the book, like, he mentions once he kind of – because he moves back, obviously, to go to Yale. Yeah. And his relationship with his mom really becomes a little more kind of um, distanced. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, like, call her all the time. They don't really, like, connect as much. And, like, yeah. he continuously keeps saying, like, I'm, I'm sad that I, like – I'm not able to yeah. like continue or like keep this relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they're, they're just BFFs in the, in the movie yeah. and everything's one other thing dory. to mention, which I'm, I'm shocked you haven't brought up yet is before he got into Yale and when he was working in high school, ah yes, the um, bookstore. he got, yeah, he worked <laughs> at a bookstore with two very um, flamboyant guys. Yes. Uh, Bill and bud. Yes. Um, they, he randomly walks into a, to one, a bookstore one day and like notices that like no one's around and no one's like manning mm-hmm. the register. Um, there's like people trying to buy books, but no one's helping them. So eventually he like knocks on like the, you know, door of the the people and he's like hey by the way like there's people trying to buy stuff they're like yeah <laughs> right. no, no worries we're like we, we don't care yeah. and he basically you know gets himself a job manning mm-hmm. the register for them and he actually they are the ones that kind of light the fire a little bit in him too mm-hmm. to go to Yale yeah um so that's another piece where you know we don't get that like there are all these people in his life that mm-hmm. are like shaping him into yeah. who he is and really the right. movie's like mom and uncle Charlie yeah. and that's it. Well, and even those guys, they, 
which I'm wondering if this is true, they would rip off covers of books um, and write them as like damaged and give them to JR oh, to yeah. read. And so I'm like, I wonder if that's I'm like sure, real or whatever. I'm sure people used to do that. Yeah. But it, anyways, but they do. were, yeah, they were a huge influence yep. on him getting in. So, and he even like curses their name when he gets to Yale <laughs> yeah. because it's so hard. Yeah. But anyways, so um, at this point though, in the movie, he ends up taking his roommates to Dickens because they're all legal age because I think it's 18 <laughs> to drink mm-hmm. at, at that point. Um, which in the book, I don't think he doesn't bring it at that point right away to Dickens. Mm, I can't remember. I don't think it was immediate, but they do eventually go at one point. Um, But I did like this scene because they talk about how everybody needs a bar drink. Like everyone mm -hmm. has their drink. Like when you go to a bar, like what are you going to order? What was yours? When oh, you first in college. Yeah. Oh geez. Whatever was on dollar night. Oh, really? um, I drank a lot of, a lot of long Island iced teas, mm. a lot of vodka sprites, that type stuff yeah. in college. Yeah. Now it's like a beer, <laughs> a beer, a vodka soda if I'm getting spicy, but that's about it. That's what was funny. yours? Uh, mine was actually a Jack and Coke. And I always got like the weird. You still like, get that sometimes. Uh, depends if I'm feeling real, like you know, excited mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> want to get crazy. I'll order that. But um, yeah, and I used to get like not looks, but like everyone would be like, "Oh, like you drink Jack and Coke," and I'm like, "Why is that a big deal that a woman would drink whiskey?" Like I don't understand. I don't know. But apparently that was a big big deal. And then um, if I was trying to like cheapo it their mm-hmm. um q club which is a local mm-hmm. bar here um had uh kilt lifters mm-hmm. uh, which is like the dark it's like almost like a guinness yeah. like a really really dark beer and i t- like right now i think about it and i would drink like two to three of those like mm-hmm. every night we would go i'm like how did i do that my stomach would literally turn in on itself right now if i did that <laughs> i know <laughs> to be young again <laughs> uh, to be young again <laughs> i know that's our boyfriend raised sisters 22 and i'm like how do you drink like that it's crazy <laughs> anyway so um jr uh ends up meeting this girl named sydney at a bar he had seen her in classes around um was it a bar i thought it was like a frat party in the movie oh yeah sorry at a, at the party yeah. sorry um but and she's like open and free in the in the movie. In the book, she's actually dating one of his friends. Yes. When they first meet. Yeah. Well, and also she's blonde and white. Yeah. In the, uh, book. In the movie, she's black. <laughs> Which nothing wrong with it, but totally no, not, different. Not than at all what, wrong. What described. But again. Um. But yeah, he ends up like dating her pretty quickly in the movie. Like in the book, like it takes a while for her to like end up them actually dating exclusively. Well, yeah, because she's seeing other people. Right. <laughs> So, so anyways, um, we find out, you know, he's like, she's a much higher class. Like she's from a very, you know, wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up telling his mom that he's going to Christmas with her. And so I'm like, well, that moved quickly. So anyways, they end up like having sex at her parents' house. And in the book, she's actually like, it's fine. Like they don't care. And in the movie, it's like just this awkward moment of her parents. Super awkward. Like just sitting there or whatever, like not caring. But then the next morning, of course, they give him like the third degree and um and we see that you know like her parents you know 
don't think he's good enough for her or whatever. And like that day she ends up saying like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm seeing someone else, which she doesn't in, it's not this trip when she does that. She does. But so in the, at her parents house. Yeah. Well in the movie, he actually ends up being like really condescending back to them because of all the comments. And he ends up like basically digging his own grave. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he, she kicks him out and says, we're done. Um, But in the book, he's just very like cordial with them. Fine. And then on the drive, he, she, she like drives him back to the train station or whatever mm-hmm. on the drive back, oh yeah he, she tells yeah, him you're like, right i'm seeing that someone else <laughs> yeah so anyways the, um and then they like finish the in the movie they end up having like this really awkward breakfast and then he goes home <laughs> so um one of the things though that we don't really get in the in the movie at all like i mean sydney comes back and forth in the book like she pops back up quite a bit in the second half of the book but like especially after his first time with sydney and like the first breakup with her, like he goes into like a total tailspin with her. Like yeah. he ends up like almost failing out of his classes in the book. Like he like has a really hard time with this relationship with her. And we don't get any of that in the movie. No, not at all. And like, I, I mean, I get to a certain point you feel like he is really attached to her in the movie, but in the book, it's like almost like to a degree where it's like, not healthy yeah the, the amount of like <laughs> dependency yeah. he had on her and like their relationship well and i liked in the book though like it, you see like the way he deals with the relationship with sydney you see him like evolving in in, in himself over time over yeah. time yeah. and the way you know he grows into that and i i thought i appreciated that in the book but of course we got none of it in the movie <laughs> um we end up seeing him on the train with the priest again. <laughs> Why does this priest always take the I train? Um, anyways, but then we find out, you know, that he got back together with Sydney and then she cheated on him again. And then randomly it's graduation. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, it's so like fast forward. No. I was like, what? Like we missed all of like his college years, yeah. you know? So anyways, um, and at this point, so after graduation, he ends up telling his mom that he doesn't want to be a lawyer, that he actually wants to write a novel. And like in the movie, she's like, oh, whatever. Like in the book, like she's kind of she's pretty upset about it. Well, and I think we, did, we didn't touch on this really. Like, yes, it was his dream. But to your point earlier, it was her dream because like she never got to do it. Right. And even in the book, he says at one point, like, I want to be successful so that I can take, get my mom to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like he wants that for her eventually too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's definitely a lot more like hurt by it when yeah. he tells her. In well, the book. and you make a good point because there's like this huge theme with him and his mom in the book about, he feels like he needs to succeed to give his mom a better life yeah. and to make her happy. And at one point towards the end of the book, like it finally clicks. Even I think, she, I don't know if it's a conversation he has with her, but he's like, she's like, that's not your job. Your job is not to make your parents' life better. Right. You know, so. God, if someone had told me that at like <laughs> 16, 17, 18, man, I'd be I a different know. person. So anyways, but yeah, it's a big theme throughout the book that we don't get at all yeah. in the movie. Um, but we do see him in the movie. He does um, give his mom um, a Yale ring, which is kind of sweet. But in the book, it's actually like she told him to pick out a ring because she wanted to buy it. And then he used that money to buy her a ring. Right. So, But we don't get that in the movie once again. <laughs> Um, he ends up meeting up with Sydney again, um, in, in the movie. Um, he says he doesn't want a romantic or sexual relation, or she says, I don't want a romantic or sexual relationship with you. Um, and she actually like, um, encourages him to apply to the New York times, Mm -hmm. which he like, didn't really think about doing. Um, (laughs) 
one of the things that we don't get in the movie is that he actually has a job right out of college yes. that he's really good at. He sells home fashions at Lord and Taylor. Yes. And <laughs> Which like is so random, but I love it. Yeah. And he's like the number one seller every day and he gets a new prize every day. And the old women that work there hate him. <laughs> but like, how funny would that have been to see in the movie? I know. You know? That would have been really cool. But like, I feel like that's such like a humanizing thing because how many times does that happen? Like you leave college and you think you're going to go off and get this giant career. And then you end up at home working at freaking American Eagle or right. something. You don't know what I totally. mean. And so I'm sad that we didn't get that at all because the next thing we get, we get him, um, we get his interview at the New York times and then he like randomly just like becomes a copy boy, you know, like it's, yeah. it's very fast. Right. <laughs> um, he actually, um, right before his interview in the book, right before mm-hmm. his interview at the New York Times, he gets mugged. Oh yeah, and beat up, and then he shows up to the interview with like a, a black eye, a black yeah, eye, and like right. they're like, okay, we're we supposed to take you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and even the whole New York Times situation, like that was my thing. Is like if we, if this movie wants to showcase him becoming this journalist, they then fast forwarded his track through the New York times thing, because they don't really know what they're trying to showcase here in this movie. Well, yeah, it's, like it's a little bit of everything because he ends up becoming this copy boy that supposedly is this like track to like get to become a reporter there. Mm-hmm. And like, it's this whole story. And like randomly in the movie, he'd like get to byline and like in the book, like he like basically doesn't, they don't like him there. Well, not only that, but like he gets rejected like continuously. Yeah. Like, he keeps saying like, can I, you know, get an actual job here? Like actually mm-hmm. become, you know, a writer and uh, time after time they're like, yeah, you know, th- we, we, we met as a group and decided no. Yeah. <laughs> like over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And they, they basically like, you can stay on, but you're not going to yeah. get a job here, which again, we don't get any of that in the movie, no. which sucks. Um, we then find out that Sydney is getting married. So he's upset about that. Um, and then again, yeah, at the same time, he finds out that he's not going to be, re- be a reporter, um, for the New York times. So like, again, we just randomly get that. Yeah. I um, did like that one scene, um, with the editor about his, the periods in his mm-hmm. name yeah. where he's like, you can't not have periods. Like this yeah. is the New York times. And he's like, well, E.E. E. Cummings and Harry S. Truman don't. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but they're not journalists. Right. So <laughs> you get out of here. <laughs> um, uncle Charlie then has a heart attack. Which I don't remember in the book. I don't think he did. I don't remember a heart attack happening no. in the book. Um, and at this point, Charlie ends up telling Jr. that he needs to find his dad in order to write his memoir. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, which does happen. He does go and, uh, and ends up meeting up with his dad. And he's like, again, it's like one of those things. I'm like, why of all things is this is what we picked right. out. So he ends up going to find his dad in North Carolina and and one thing though, he does end up staying in the book. He stays with his dad for like a couple weeks mm-hmm. and we actually think it's going to be like good and a lot better. Yeah. We should have known better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen. He ends up like going to dinner with or having dinner at his dad's girlfriend's house. And like this big, huge fight happens and like they, they end up leaving or whatever. And well, he stands up to his dad. Yeah. He finally does stand up to his dad and then his dad leaves. And then like his dad's girlfriend ends up like, having to take JR to the airport <laughs> and he gets arrested as he's leaving. Doesn't he, doesn't the dad get arrested um, as he's like leaving? I thought that a police officer pulled up and like, Oh, I don't him. know. Maybe I missed yeah. that part. Must've been having a sip of beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh yeah. It says maybe 
Yeah, because he like he puts his hands on the girlfriend. Yeah. That's when Jr. like stands up to him and is like, "You right. don't touch her." And then like as Jr. is leaving, with I guess the cop is like mm-hmm. taking him or whatever. Um, the there's a cop there arresting him. Oh yeah. Speaking of cops, we don't get Bob the cop. Bob the cop. He has a really he ends up like in his later like in his twenties. He has a really nice relationship with this guy named yeah. Bob the cop from the bar, who becomes like a big influence in Again, his life. All of these people who are like shaping him into who he is, and like we don't and get we any don't of get that. any of it. Um. So yeah. So then he ends up deciding to move to Manhattan, um, which doesn't happen in the. No, he goes to Colorado. He goes to Colorado to be with his cousins. And And to, like, become a journalist. Right. Um, (laughs) And then, so, yeah, he decides to move to Manhattan. um, And Charlie gives him the keys to his convertible that they've been driving around, um, which does not happen in the book. Correct. And then he drives off, and it's the end of the movie. Yep. And I'm like, what? Like, what in the actual hell just happened? Like, I was so furious at the end of this movie because I actually really, like, this this could have been a great movie, yeah. a great movie that so many people could have related to. And they freaking butchered it. <laughs> they freaking butchered it. And yeah. it pissed me off. And I was kind of sad because the epilogue, you can speak on the epilogue is very fascinating. Um, yes. The epilogue is basically a, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but like nine 11 happens during, not during him writing the epilogue, but it's about nine 11. Yeah. And, um, Basically, his mo- he the epilogue is about 9-11 happening, and he gets the phone call while he's in, in um, Denver. Mm-hmm. So then he comes back, and he like we get kind of an update on where all the guys landed right. and, and everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and like the movie implies that like, okay, he moved to Manhattan and then like immediately wrote this memoir and like mm-hmm. whatever. It actually took him, in reality, almost 15 years to yeah. write this memoir from like the point where he moved to Colorado mm-hmm. to when it actually came out. So like a lot, he lived a lot of life and we yeah. got none of it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. And like you said, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, like he went to work for these grandiose publications. Yep. I just, but he was, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> really upset. So yeah, I would definitely, like, if you want a, a non, a good nonfiction, yeah. that is a little hard to get through because it is pretty big, but you should definitely listen to it. If yeah, you do. I just thought it was like, I don't know. I really like the book. So will can, I can get credit for the book yeah. for recommending the book, yep. but and I think I don't, that's mostly why he, I don't know if he didn't even see, seen the, or maybe he hadn't seen the movie I don't yet. Know. I don't know. But anyway, so I think did the books, did the movie stay true to the book? No. No. Um, book or movie book. we're both going book <laughs> so I think we're good on that yeah for sure <laughs> alright that's it for this one make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app if you're listening on Apple Podcasts go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review you can follow us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at the Booby Girls. you can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com which actually we got our very first like listener email today oh gosh what did they say Um, it was nice it was like ugh, here I gotta pull it up because I'm gonna forget it they, they suggested that we do something like we we cover something called 10th kingdom, which I don't know much about. Um, but they mentioned how they recently found our podcast and they've been listening every day. Um, so I, Alicia, I apologize if I'm saying it incorrectly. Um, Alicia. Uh, uh, yeah. Alicia, Alicia, maybe. Alicia. Um, if you're listening, thanks for, for listening to the podcast. Um, anyway, so if you want to, you know, shout, sh- shout out, you can email us at the at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the to get access to all of our bonus content um what are we doing next week well i'm actually really excited i never 
read or heard of this movie uh where'd you go bernadette you've never heard of it no oh <laughs> well i mean i knew once i found the book at goodwill oh. or whatever yeah, yeah uh but i started reading it last night oh you did and it's based in seattle hmm. so it is like filled with everything i know oh good like it's and i'm hoping the movie is based there too yeah. um but yeah so far it's it's kind of a strange have you even started it yet no it's kind I have of no a, idea what it's about I'm still trying to figure it out, but like, at least like the first part of it is like, it reads through like email exchanges oh, and okay. stuff. So it, it's very interesting, but yeah, it's literally like every, every part of where they are, yeah. I know exactly where they are. And it's, Oh, that's fun, cool. So. I love when that happens. Yeah. That's why like in this movie, like in Arizona, like well, we, yeah, the we book. knew a lot of the stuff. I know so. for sure. Um, but yeah, but I think it's kind of a comedy. Yeah. The movie is. Well, and so. I think, uh, who, who plays Burnett? Is it Kate Blanchett in the movie? Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's like Kate that, Blanchett. So. so yeah. So that'll be, be fun one next week. After this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.